Hi, I'm Dan Webster, film critic for Spokane Public Radio and blogger for Spokesman.com. And I'm Mary Pat Truthart, part-time film critic, full-time law professor at Gonzaga University School of Law. And I'm Nathan Weinbender, also a film critic for Spokane Public Radio. And welcome to Movies 101, the show that does indeed do its best to seek out quality film. Sometimes we even succeed. Our quest will be a subject of debate this week as we tackle two films, one an exploration of an idea put forth by the author Isabel Wilkerson and directed by Ava DuVernay, titled Origin, and the second a comedy titled Improbably Self-Reliance. We'll save a couple of minutes before the end to give a quick rundown of the upcoming 2024 Spokane International Film Festival, which begins its eight-day run next Friday, February 9th. Let's begin, though, with a look at human sociology. That's essentially what the author Isabel Wilkerson was investigating in her 2020 nonfiction book, Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents. Her thesis is that the notion of caste, which the dictionary defines as, quote, any rigid system of social distinctions, unquote, supersedes racism as the dominant factor in how any culture, but particularly American culture, operates. Ava DuVernay, whose 2017 documentary 13th earned a Best Documentary Feature Oscar nomination, has taken Wilkerson's thesis and blended it with a narrative portrait of Wilkerson herself, played by the actress Anjanou Ellis-Taylor. DuVernay's portrayal of Wilkerson has her looking for a project following the publication of her 2010 book, The Warmth of Other Suns, The Epic Story of America's Great Migration. At first reluctant, Wilkerson is enticed into exploring the why of so much racial turbulence around the world. We watch as she is subjected to family losses that would devastate anyone, yet perseveres in her research, traveling to Germany and India, among other places, to complete her work. Origin, then, is a hybrid project, one that feels like a meld of an imaginative documentary and emotional personal saga. And while it isn't likely to work for everyone, it does have moments of intelligence and power, not to mention superb acting, that match anything else that 2023 had to offer. I think you've done a good job of illustrating how much this movie is biting off. I mean, it's trying to do a lot, a not lot. just in terms of its themes. I mean, it's trying to explore the origin of so many problems in our culture, and then that extends to the world at large. But it's also trying to be this kind of hybrid film where it's both a fictionalized kind of sort of biography of the author and then a kind of sort of documentary in the same vein as 13th, which I think is maybe DuVernay's best work. And I think that the biggest mistake that this movie makes is putting Wilkerson at the center as the main character because I don't think she ever really becomes a character. There are so many scenes in Origin where I thought, okay, this is where maybe her thesis comes under fire from someone else or maybe where she rethinks the direction of her book. And that never really happens. And although all of these devastating things happen to her, I don't really see it as shaping her character. I'm not talking about her as a real person. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about the character that DuVernay has written yeah. here and that Anjanou Ellis-Taylor plays very well. I just don't think it quite works. There are a couple of scenes where I was waiting for 
maybe the ideology she's exploring to kind of come under fire a little bit because she's presenting something that's potentially very incendiary does, and does, has come under fire does, from some and scholars. And it does at one point when she goes to Germany and the person okay, played by I Connie Nielsen. I wanted to talk Nielsen, about that. Yeah. Connie Nielsen is at this dinner and, you know, she's talking about the links between American slavery and the German Holocaust. And Connie Nielsen says, well, they're not really the same thing. And you think maybe that conversation is going to develop. And the movie cuts it, away from yeah, it. it doesn't. Yeah. Then later on, Wilkerson is presenting some of her ideas to her cousin, played by Niecy Nash, who's also very good in this mm-hmm. movie. And she just kind of lectures at her for five minutes. And the movie just doesn't cut away from that. And I thought, there's got to be a more compelling way to present this stuff. And then throughout the film, because DuVernay is a talented filmmaker, there are stretches where all of those ideas do come to life in a really effective and cinematic way. And maybe we can talk about some of those specific scenes because some of them will stay with me for a very long time. But I think, again, this is a movie that's trying to do a lot stylistically, thematically, even in terms of the mediums that it's playing around with. And I think it's successful sometimes and unsuccessful other times. I should say that I have not read Isabel Wilkerson's book, but I'm curious now. I mean, it has definitely opened up my mind to certain things and made me question other things. And the conversations that are going to happen after you see this movie origin are probably going to be very interesting and challenging themselves. But yeah, this is a tough one because I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. But there are stretches of it that I think are really beautiful and harrowing in all the ways that DuVernay probably intended. Well, I think Manola Dargis in the New York Times said something to the effect that this film origin was as audacious as it was ambitious. And so I think that sort of captures what was going on here. I guess I'm going to push back just a little bit, Nathan, about your saying that she wasn't challenged by the conversation with Connie Nielsen, because Connie Nielsen is able to get out her point, which is Pretty bluntly, too. Yeah, Yeah. which she says, hey, six million Jews were exterminated, wiped off the face of the earth, whereas in the U.S., you wanted to take the bodies of black people and build on their labor and create this, you know, system of slavery, but you did not want to get rid of them. And I think the Isabel Wilkerson character is kind of like, well, is that better, worse? You're de- yeah, you know, right. and, and so she's trying to, you know, come up and try to assess this all at once. So, and to be fair, she does find a historical evidence that sort of disproves what Connie Nielsen was saying. So, right. Mm-hmm. And, and right. that's one of the more fascinating elements of the right. movie. Right. Looking at sort of the history of Nazi Germany right. and mm-hmm. what it was trying to do, and it was mm-hmm. taking some lessons from the caste, racist U.S. society and, and the, so forth. And Jim Crow laws. And right. right. So I think this might have worked better for me than it did for you, just because we talked a lot about the behind-the-scenes work of writers, and we've had some opportunities to see that in American fiction most recently and so forth. But I think the research that is involved in writing an opus of this sort We don't often see that. It's always sort of hidden, like in the Raiders of the Lost Ark themes, where these archaeologists, you know, it's an action movie. It's not really the hard grunt work that you have to do. You don't see Indiana Jones doing a lot of paperwork. Correct. Exactly. And I also thought that Origin did an excellent job of showing how she had this kernel of an idea 
And she wasn't really sure if it was going to go anywhere. And she kept trying to talk to different people about it. And they kept saying, no, you're an investigative reporter. No, you're this. No, you're the voice of a gender. You know, all of these things. And she had to work all that out herself, mm-hmm. at least. And I think, I don't know if that reflects real life. It felt real to me mm-hmm. in terms of how she organized things and so forth. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not going to push back so much as just say that the movie worked for me. And it worked for me just simply because DuVernay has so much talent. And you're right, she throws everything on the screen and a lot of it is maybe too much or whatever, but I was taken by it. And in terms of the argument that's placed forth, I think you're absolutely right, Nathan, that maybe it isn't developed enough, but it comes down to too many people, in particularly in academic settings, when they're talking about issues that are based upon their reputations, they want to see it in a binary way. It's either black or it's white. It's either right or it's wrong. And I think in this particular case, both can be true. Racism is racism and caste is caste. And there is a way in which this all works together. And I think that what I like most about Origin is exactly what you were saying. Afterwards, it brings up a lot for people to talk about. Mm -hmm. And not everything is perfect, but the emotional moments worked for me. I love anything John Bernthal's in. I loved Ellis Taylor. I thought that, I mean, I'm looking at the Oscar nominations. Where is she? Yeah, I, I think she should be there. I want to talk about the two scenes I brought up earlier that affected me the most. And it's moments where she's listening to stories that people have. And one, Audra McDonald plays a woman whose first name is Miss, M-I-S-S. And she recounts a scene from her childhood that involves her name and a white man oh, in power. Yes, yes. And the way that that's delivered, it's so blunt and it's so real and raw and I thought that was amazing and then a scene near the end where she's listening to this man tell this story about a scene at a pool uh, yes. in the south yes um, Al, and, Al Bright the, yes. the baseball player and the, yes. the one black player on their otherwise all-white baseball team and that scene is I mean all the strengths of DuVernay's storytelling and filmmaking are in that scene And it was so powerful in Mm -hmm. how specific it was and showing just the horrors of this in an otherwise everyday scenario for some of these people I thought was really beautifully done and done in – I don't know. I think some of the movie is a little didactic as you kind of you know Mm -hmm. alluded to. But that stuff worked for me. So there's really, really good filmmaking in here. Yeah. And that was our look at Ava DuVernay's film Origin. This is Movies 101. It's time to take a short break. Before we go, remember that you can access podcast of Movies 101 by going online at spokanepublicradio.org. While there, check out the individual reviews that Nathan and I write. Don't do it now, though, because we'll be right back to discuss the comedy Self-Reliance. You're listening to Movies 101 on Spokane Public Radio. Are you trying to downsize, streamline your life a little? Well, you have great timing because the Spokane Public Radio record sale is coming soon and your donations are a vital part of the record sale's success. As you're downsizing, take a look at your media collection. Check out the donation guidelines at spokanepublicradio.org. Then donate your gently used records, tapes, CDs, DVDs, and equipment. You can deliver your donations to SPR weekdays between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. 4,000 holes in Spokane and the Long Ear in Coeur d'Alene will also accept your donations. The Spokane Public Radio record sale will be at the Center Place Regional Event Center on February 17th and 18th. All proceeds help support Spokane Public Radio. So while you're reorganizing, streamlining, and downsizing, donate your reusable items to the record sale. And we're back. 
This is Movies 101, and I'm your host, Dan Webster. During the first half of the show, Mary Pat Truthart, Nathan Weinbinder, and I talked about Ava DuVernay's sociological study, Origin. Before we get into the 2024 Spokane International Film Festival, let's turn to something quite a bit lighter, the comedy Self-Reliance. You may know Jake Johnson best as a member of the cast of the TV series New Girl, but he's also played small parts in such films as Jurassic World and Tom Cruise's The Mummy Movie. In Self-Reliance, Johnson takes on the role of a first-time writer-director, not to mention actor, in a comedy about a guy who accepts the challenge of a dark web contest in which, if he can avoid being killed for 30 days, will win a million dollars. His trick is, he has to convince those around him that the contest is real, something his family members doubt. And two, he has to find someone who will stay with him because the rules state that he can be killed only if he's alone. The story is fairly silly, though it does offer up a few laughs, mainly around his family relations, and co-star Anna Kendrick is as cute as ever. It's worth checking out if you have nothing else better to do, like the laundry or maybe your taxes. (laughs) Or maybe you could put it on in the background while you're doing those things. I think I responded a little bit more favorably toward this film, Self-Reliance, which is odd when you think about it because I don't really like those weird kind of premises about artificial happenings and so forth. You Um, like to poke holes in these kinds of things. I do. I do. And so it's odd that I'm saying this, but... I thought it started off well in terms of looking at this guy's life. Jake Johnson is directing and starring in this film. It's his first feature, as you said. And I think that I liked the fact that his life was so boring, so mundane, so hopeless, that when Andy Sandberg shows up in this limo and offers him this opportunity— Andy Sandberg playing himself. Correct. Offers him this opportunity— He's like, sure, you know, I mean, because why not? But the part that I did like best was the interaction with his family members. And that sort of felt like retooled new girl in some respects, (laughs) because they're all like really skeptical about what he's talking about. I mean, he expects them to get on board and to protect him in self-reliance and, you know, step up and so forth. And they're like, get out of here. Were any of those actresses, the two sisters and the mother, were they anybody that you've ever heard of before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like Mary Holland is one. She wrote that movie uh, Happiest Season. Emily Hampshire is the other one. And she's on Schitt's Creek. So, yeah, yeah they, they were done both. Re- they were both yeah. really good, as was the mom. Mm-hmm. That was the best part of the movie for me. And as you point out, when he finally connects with Anna Kendrick, who is really talented in terms of the range of performances that she's had throughout and over the years. This just was pretty ordinary for her. I mean, she was just smiley. Type, yeah. Right. And so in the end, it doesn't really matter. It's not that it doesn't work. It just doesn't matter, ultimately. I think my problem with the movie Self-Reliance isn't so much the premise, which also the premise isn't new exactly. I mean, the idea of someone getting hunted for sport and being paid if they can make it to the end is classic. It also reminded me of, because he's told that he's going to be filmed at all times for a dark web TV show and there are quote unquote production assistants that pop up and give him advice and things. I mean, Mm. it reminded me of that old indie movie series seven the contenders which was about the reality show where people are right. killing each other yes, yes. so it's got you know it's hunger games it, yeah I of mean, course jury yeah. duty the, the whatever battle yeah. royale, et cetera, the battle et royale yeah. um so the premise i will grant i like the idea of 
you have to kind of attach yourself to somebody. And he's almost like hiring people to be friends with him. That's how pathetic he is. And of course, that's all going to turn well, out to be. he does end up with um, the best friend. It's true. It's true. And <laughs> at the end of the movie, you know, OK, this is all going to be an allegory for, you know, the friends we made along the way. I think my problem with it was just the tone of it. I mean, it's so jokey and no one is taking it seriously at all that there's just no tension whatsoever. Like you could have made this into a really compelling movie where at first you think it's going to be one big joke. And then by the midway point, you're like, oh, this is real. And Mm -hmm. there's actual danger here. I never sensed that the Jake Johnson character was in danger. So for a long time, I was just following this plot going, well, I don't really, like you said, nothing really matters. Mm -hmm. And even the Anna Kendrick character is kind of playing it for laughs. You find out things about her character that kind of justify that decision. But this needed just like a little more danger to it, a little more Or a twist or something. Yes, something. It just doesn't totally click, even though... I could see how maybe on the page or in like a pitch meeting, the people that yeah. got involved in this got involved because it seems like it could be fun, but it didn't really. Well, and for I me. was waiting for you know I said a twist. I was waiting to find out that his family had orchestrated this because he was Something. so depressed. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, so and, forth, and yeah. that because just, just really straight because there is an yeah. intervention at one point right. that you know this could have been. A great intervention, a very yeah. clever intervention, but it doesn't work that way. So. Yeah, but I, you know, it's on Hulu, so like, I mean, if you want to put it on, I and guess what about? Maybe you, like can it. you figure out that title, Self Reliance? It just doesn't seem to fit. I mean, I guess it's because the method the whole, of the game yeah. is that he has to attach himself to somebody. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, yeah, maybe it's ironic because at the end of the movie, he also isn't really any more self-reliant than he was. I mean, maybe he is a little bit more because, well, I don't (laughs) want to get generally pretty clueless. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and I want to talk about Jake Johnson maybe a little bit because I really like him. I like his specific brand of schlub. He was on New Girl and that's where I first saw him. And he was my favorite character on that show when I did watch it because he's taking this role that we've seen a million times before. He always looks like he just rolled out of bed. His line readings seem like he's making everything up as he goes along. He just kind of has that feeling. And he gets cast in those roles. Like he's typecast a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But I still like seeing him. He hasn't worn out his welcome for me quite yet. Even though I haven't seen him exhibit really any range whatsoever. Although we reviewed a movie he was in called Win Win. That was a scrappy little indie movie from a few years ago where he played a gambling addict who was in over his head. It was almost like an uncut gems kind of movie from him. But like a mumblecore version of that. And I thought he was really good in that. So Mm -hmm. I do know that he has probably the capacity to play a role that isn't just another new girl type. But that's kind of all he gives us in this movie. Maybe his next feature as a director will be a little more ambitious. You know, you were talking about him rolling out of bed. He really looked rolling out of bed in this movie, Self-Reliance. Because he has a beard and everything. In fact, for the first 20 minutes or so, Mary Pat didn't know who this I didn't guy recognize was. him. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and then when I did, I was like, oh, aha. The other aspect of this we haven't talked about is because he has to be with somebody 24-7 and none of his family members are willing to cooperate, right. he has to befriend yeah. other people, yeah. most notably this guy who apparently is unhoused. Yeah. And, and so they're and it's little, like, yeah, sure, I'll follow right? you around. And their and little they, buddy relationship, I did that get was a really kick sweet, out of. Yeah. Yeah. James slash Walter, yeah. who's played by the actor Biff Whiff. 
<laughs> now that there's a movie right there. Yeah. Where did they get that name? I wonder. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we want to talk about Anna Kendrick just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. This is not her starring turn as an actress, but let's think about her career. I mean, you know, she's relatively youthful and multi-talented. You know, right. Multi-talented. Oscar I mean, I nominated. Think, right. Pitch Perfect. Yes. So that's one of her showcases. A I mean, I'm still thinking back to her musician. Yeah. Her turn with George Clooney. In mm-hmm. what? Up in the air. Is yep. Yes. Yeah. And I always enjoy seeing her because she seems to somehow get a kick out of herself. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I like that. I mean, so she's an actress who's self-deprecating by just the way that she behaves and holds herself out. And I find that to be amusing, especially in this day and age with these big egos and so forth. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I guess she fits into sort of the tone of what this movie is trying to be. But that was kind of my issue with it is it was all kind of of a piece. Like it never really deviated from that tone. And that was kind of my issue with it. But and, I like everyone in it. And she's just the cutest thing. Well, there He's you go. cuter than a bug. <laughs> there you go. At any rate, that was our discussion of self-reliance. Let's now take the remaining time to talk a bit about the 2024 edition of the Spokane International Film Festival, which begins its eight-day run next Friday, February 9th. I just wanted to say that I think we just need to kind of take a moment to be thankful for the fact that we have a film festival, that Spokane has its own film festival that has been going on for as long as it has. A lot of cities our size don't have film festivals that have been running this long. So I just wanted to take a moment to be grateful that it exists. I guess I'll shout out the opening night program of this year's SPIF. It's going to be, as you said, on Friday night, February 9th at 7 p.m. at the Bing. It's the best of the Northwest package. That's seven short films that are all directed by Northwest-based filmmakers. Usually they're there on hand to answer audience questions at the end. Then there's an opening party after that that's also at the Bing. We've all been to various best of the Northwest over the years, and the variety is always delightful because you'll get a really kind of sobering dramatic short followed by something really goofy and outrageous mm-hmm. maybe and even like some animation looks, or something looks incredible yeah yeah so I, I would highly recommend that if you can go and then again there are in-person screenings throughout that time from the 9th to the 16th mostly at the Magic Lantern Theater but then there will be online screenings too if you just go to the film festival website you can kind of look through the lineup and Spokane, make up your mind SpokaneFilmFestival.org thank you that's where you get all the information So when we were talking about some of the variety of films, one that stands out is a documentary about a Muslim woman who struggles to come out to her mother and with her friends called Coming Around. That will attract an audience. I also want to see Richland, the documentary about Richland, which is so close to us. Actually, one of my former students, now a friend, who's our Sundance buddy, he's written a play called Witchland, which is going to open off Broadway. So maybe Um, the film adaptation will be at a future spin. Exactly. And that's just a bit of what to look for during the upcoming 2024 Spokane International Film Festival. This is Movies 101. I'm Dan Webster. And earlier in the show, Nathan Weinbender, Mary Pat Truthart, and I discussed the big screen feature, Origin, and the comedy, Self-Reliance. Let's take this moment to thank Cassia Fox for both producing and engineering the show. And we thank you to our loyal listeners. We invite you back next week, same time, same spot on the radio dial, when we'll again check out all the best that cinema has to offer wherever we can find it. Until then, consider these words from Isabel Wilkerson. We are responsible for our own ignorance, or, with time and open-hearted enlightenment, our own wisdom. You're listening to Movies 101 on Spokane Public Radio.
The Movies 101 podcast is made possible by the members of Spokane Public Radio. Become a member at spokanepublicradio.org. Thanks for listening to Movies 101.